bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hi, guys, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Gina Brion, and my lovely co-host slash everything person, Catherine G. Mendoza. Catherine, say hi to the people. Hey, people. So, yo, y'all lucky you can't see me. And here's why. Because... Because the flyness would kill them. That's why. The flyness. No, dude. My hair is greasy. (laughs) Like, it's... Okay, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, my hair looks disgusting or whatever, because that's the eye of the beholder. Like, to me, it doesn't look to my liking, but to someone else, they might be like, I don't see what the problem is. But my hair is so greasy right now that, like, I don't have product, but it is... All the flyaways is down. It's staying straight down. Like, it's it's bad, guys. It's like, baking greasy, yo. That's how greasy it is. Yes, because I had enough time today to, like, put some makeup on. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do my hair. But last night, I just, like, I didn't wash my hair. That was the problem. And then I decided to do, like, twisty. You know when you do twisty, like, buns? Mm-hmm. One or two so that it could come out like a nice wave. Not a curl wave. Yeah. That's what I did. But I didn't give myself sufficient time to style. So it's um, Got you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. I have a hat on because I have a hair situation myself. I tried to put my hair in a ponytail today, y'all. Can I just tell you the tragedy of the shape of my damn face? Mm-hmm. I cannot wear a ponytail and feel like I look good. Like mm-hmm. I don't have a good face shape for a ponytail. And I always want to rock a ponytail. I think a good ponytail looks so cute. But mm-hmm. I have big cheeks. I have like I don't have the shape face that a ponytail flatters. You know what I mean? Like yes, except so. Have you heard of to all the boys I love before that whole trilogy? Series? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the main actress Lana um, Condor, I think that's not C O N D O R. She has like a U and I round cheeky face, and I'm I feel like. She's doing it for our face shape right now. So all yeah. I'm saying is, whenever you feel like the way you felt, yo, just go to a picture. Cause she be looking to me. I'm like, yo, she looks great. And then I think to myself, it literally is just her confidence because her face is actually rounder than you and I. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And her 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 chin to neck ratio is, you know, chin close to neck. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's not that's not shade. No, no, no. Not, but because she's fly. Like her, she, she, you know, she, she owns what you're talking about. Yeah. So I hear you. I just say, it doesn't hurt to follow people who kind of have those same things that you think that you can't pull off. Because mm-hmm. then you just be like, yo, I can't. And the power of a contour. I hate to say it. I know I don't contour guys that's a lot of work for me I can't contour for my everyday life I'll contour to be on camera that's fine but like for my everyday life I'm not gonna contour just so I could wear a ponytail like that's not happening well let me ask this question what what kind of pony are we talking are we talking a high pony are we talking a mid pony are we talking a side pony are we talking a founding father's low pony Okay, you, you, know exactly, you know exactly what I was talking about. You know? As soon as you said founding fathers, I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> Everybody knows the founding fathers. Low I like the ones that like pull back and 
boom, like right in the middle. Like they're not high ponies, but they're not low ponies. They're right in the middle and they have a nice like arch to them. And you pull it out. It looks like a nice little thing. And you get, you know, when your hair is, not so much when my hair is curly because it just looks like a poof back there. If I put my hair in a ponytail and my hair is curly, it's not cute because mm -hmm. that, that joint just looks poofy. But like when my hair is a little bit like straight, when it's straightened or it's wavy because I've straightened it and added some curls and I pull it back, mm -hmm. it looks kind of nice in that position. It's my face that ruins it because okay, my so face looks like I contoured when I did not. I have a few questions here. Yes. The first one is you said it's not a high, but it doesn't sound exactly like a mid. It sounds like a, like, like right above a mid. Yeah, like a semi-high pony. Like it's not like it's not like yeah. super high, like Ariana Grande status, where it's yeah. like blackata. Yeah, no, and and it also can't be too middle because again, we don't have the head for that. Like we have the kind of head that two in the middle look like we're bald from certain angles. Like oh yeah, it's not okay. Oh yeah, it's not cute, bro. It's not. You cute. need to see the little pelitos. And some like... people look adorable bald. Yeah. I do not. I do oh, not. No, 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 nobody no. wants to see this head. Like no, no, I don't want to see it. There's like. There's valleys and hills somewhere. There's a lot. There's a lot going on on this head that I'm not aware of. No. There's dents and stuff that I could feel. You don't want to see this head bald. I, my family comes from South America. There's Machu Picchu. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I like the secrets of the universe on the back of my scalp. All of them. All of them. <laughs> it's like, so what is it? With, I feel like the, the, what's the fortune teller that has like the ball. Every time I feel my head, I'm just like, Oh, I'm trying to tell the future. The future <laughs> has no ponytails in it. That's what the future holds. No ponytails. But okay, okay. So important question. Yes. Um, what's the part though? Is it a side part? Is it a full back? Full back. <laughs> I don't I don't do the side part ponytail. That's 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 too old. That's old school. It's old school. That's old school. Hold, hold on. I do have a secret that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's a middle part, but you don't comb to the sides you have to comb it back as you would a full back. Mm -hmm. So that that way it still creates the middle part, but you're combing everything back, right? Mm. And you're going in, but that's, I only say that because you're saying it's not a this, it's yeah, not yeah. on the top, right? It's like somewhere in the high middle. Yeah. So it allows for that and it still allows for it to shape your face. Cause I know you don't feel comfortable with a middle part, but there's a difference between a middle part in a, um, like, loose mm -hmm. and a ponytail i'm just saying try it because sometimes the issue is also the I'll way we feel about, about it try it when you buy yourself like just try it see how you feel you know what i mean i i also think never underestimate the power of a baby hair a baby yeah. hair will frame the face it frames the face too, i got too many baby hairs and then they're not cute well i mean like um a big trick for ponytails is uh like little hairs right by the ear mm -hmm. little ones very faint ones and the reason is because it gives a natural like um dynamic like mm -hmm. not contouring but kind of because if it's all slipped that's what's making you feel insecure you're literally seeing everything you know what i mean all face nothing yeah. but the face <laughs> I, I i'm just saying i i hear you on the like um can't contour every day no i can't i can't that's that's a lot of work, y'all. Like, which I don't understand this pandemic has done is it it has made me not want to do my makeup. 
or not want to waste my makeup. Yeah. And the idea of having to wear pants, <laughs> like having to leave my house and wear pants, that's a daunting thing now. Like I think about it and I'm like, man, I got to find pants now. I got to put on the right pair of pants. How cold is it outside? What kind of shirt do I got to wear? How oh. lopsided are my titties today? Hell uh, yeah. Like there's oh, a lot I, of factors now. I, I feel that. Like I definitely do not fit in my clothing. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. Mm-hmm. And this is not about, oh, I'm fat. No, I'm not where I was when this started. Yeah. Simple as that. And I mean, of course, I'm sorry. Like, that's going to happen. Unless you have a home gym, it's going to happen. Yeah, um, where was everybody working out? If you were too paranoid to go outside because everybody that was working out in the parks and, and that was making me paranoid. I walked through Astoria Park one time and there was like 200 people there. I'm like, yo, you're, y'all are wilding. This was at the beginning. Yeah, no. This was at the beginning. And I'm like, y'all are really wilding. You're out here. Is the You can't work out at home? Like, is that serious? You can't work out at home? But here's the thing. I also feel like the other thing is not just like, because, you know, I have a machina, a machine to like work out, but I noticed that a lot of the activity isn't just the working out aspect. It's the going out aspect. It's the Mm -hmm. being out. It's the getting up, going to work, going to meet up somebody. Those general things added steps in, you know? And we just weren't getting that. So, um, but going back to the face thing, I will tell you a little secret that I've done this year, almost obsessively. Mm. A jade roller and an ice roller. And here's why. Because- jade roller and an ice roller and and the reason is because your face naturally has like glands and stuff you know what i mean like you could hold a lot of mucus and inflammation so a lot might just be that not just your face shape right it could just be how you're holding things in your face puffiness happens in the face it just does consider adding that to whatever it doesn't matter i don't what you're even watching. know how those things work i don't know what those things are that you oh, just mentioned it's like it's like literally it looks like a little think of a of a, a pen but it has like a roller on the bottom literally gotcha. i'm just rolling my face i'm just okay doing got this. you i've seen those before so you could be doing anything else the reason why i say an ice roller is because ice is really good for inflammation and i think that that's probably what you're not noticing you're also dealing with Mm-hmm. right where we all are everything causes it whether it's lack of sleep stress or whatever doing those things are easy Im- like you could implement those while you're watching tv while you're with the baby but he's trying to put him asleep you know what i mean one hand does yeah. this the other hand does that those are easy like really affordable things to do and i was i was like reading somewhere and i did notice it that doing things that like enhance where the structure of your bone structure naturally is does help so you know, like giving yourself the face massage under the eyes, right at the, um, what is it? The cheekbone? The jawline. Right, right. You see how my hands are kind of like, claw, yeah. like that, like here. Like that one I've done before, the, the massage the face, usually here. at night. And do that here. Like on the, cause I think what you're talking about when you talk about the roundness is the same thing I think of. It's our lack of cheekbone definition, mm-hmm. right? Do this, do that three times a week for a month. Get a jade roller. See how you feel. I've noticed less puffiness. Like okay. meaning, it's it literally the ice thing really helps. Like sometimes it just wakes me up. Sometimes it makes my eyes like oddly. I've done it, and I'm one of those people who does this with makeup and with products. 
like anything. I'll do one side of my face and then I just stare at myself for forever. So I can see like what the original side looks like. And I'm like, you're a mess. You're a mess. You're a mess. And you just but judge yourself for hours. I'm gonna send you a link yes. on Amazon um, yes. and see how you feel. Actually, um, so there is a new feature that I, I was thinking about, which is um, if there's anything that we're mentioning on the actual podcast, we can definitely um, create a list and have people who are listeners, if you want to find a jade roller, we yeah. can put that list on um, Gina's personal website or, or a, a swipe up feature in her IG stories. You know, hit us up if you hear something and you want to know what it is and maybe you forgot. Yeah. Hit us up and we will send you the link um, through our own Amazon Primes so that you know exactly what products we're talking about. Because we talk about books, we talk about products, we talk about yeah, all this stuff. Facts. And it'll be a great way to like get people what it is that we're talking about. Because I know I listen to stuff all the time and then I'm like, yo, it sounded cool, but what did she say? Yeah, and I don't want to re-listen to the whole episode. What was the thing? No shame. I don't want to re-listen. I feel you. Yeah. So I'll send you that link and then we'll get it to the listeners. We'll get it to the people the people yo i read this thing um i had this idea right this was a crazy idea it was probably somehow cannabis induced um about i said what if like people that have passed away come to visit us in our dreams Hmm. and so i looked it up and there are things called visitation dreams where people, it's not a regular dream. I forget the, the um, I'll look it up right now just to double check. But like, I remember thinking like, wouldn't that be like a, like a dope ass way for people that have passed on to visit you? Like they come visit you in a dream, but then you forget about it the next day. You don't know that they visited you, but you feel a sense of comfort. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I don't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I want to remember. I know, me too. That's why I'm like, but I was thinking in terms of wouldn't that make a dope movie? You know what I mean? Like where somebody realizes somebody finally does remember. I always have these crazy movie ideas. and I'm like, I should just write movies. (laughs) That would be, it would be, it would be actually a cool series. Right? Yeah. Like a mini series. Right. Visitation dream. Yeah. Patton, Mess in Progress. Pat Mess in Progress. You heard it here first, guys. You heard it here. Is today the 17th? February 17th. Well, according to the calendar behind Gina, it's March. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Guys, uh, (laughs) don't try to decipher my time traveling calendar. It um it's not for the non-time traveling people. So if you don't time travel, please don't look at it. Well, why hmm, what would be the benefit of Of this? Of what you talked about, about the... Of catharsis, I think. Of a healing. You know how when you can't let go of somebody and you just, you keep feeling this deep sense of loss. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a friend who passed away and that that I'm like that with. And I just thought like, wouldn't it be great to one day wake up and to have some level of acceptance and to be able to let go, you know, and wherever you fall on the spiritual belief spectrum you know just be able being able to be at peace with the fact that your friend has passed away or a special person to you has passed away um because i think for a lot of us we can surface level appear like we're okay with things Mm 
-hmm. But then going deeper, there's still a lot of pain. Like, you know, if I were to talk about my buddy, I'd be like, you know, yeah, like crazy. We lost him so young. But when I think about it, it like legit. And this is like maybe a year or two years, even more possibly after he passed, that it still makes me cry just to think about it and so I I guess that's what sparked the thought of wouldn't it be great if there was a way that we could get visited by these people and learn to let go like basically being in the dream scenario in my movie in my movie mind uh you would get a visitation from this person in your dreams and they would be able to help you heal or help you let them go because you would finally get the closure of saying goodbye to them. Because I think that's what we all miss. I think with the passing is I didn't have a chance to really say goodbye to this person. And now I can say goodbye on, on this plane of existence. Mm -hmm. But I never actually got to tell this person how much they meant to me or, you know, what, how much I looked up to them or whatever the, the thing was that you left unsaid. And right. I feel like that's what prevents us from being able to let go is not having said those things to that person. So imagine being able to say that in a dream and then you just wake up with this feeling of intense calm and acceptance. Hmm. I would love to remember it, you know yeah. what I mean? But at the same time, I also think there's a beauty in the fact that you just have this peace. I mean, I think, I think the question is, it would only matter to me if let's just say on one day, I'm like super sad and anxious every time I think about it. Yeah. And then the next day after I wake up, I think about it. And that's where I feel the peace. That mm -hmm. would be cool because even though I don't remember the actual dream, yeah, I am like somehow feeling like, wow, I don't know what happened, but I definitely feel differently about this. In that sense, yes. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's the only way I could see the peace being, you know, something like worthwhile. Because yeah. like, uh, if not, I, th I don't think... <laughs> I'm, I'm about to blow myself up. Maybe I just don't naturally wake up in peace. So I'm like. Hilarious. You're like, what is that? What is peace when you wake up? I don't understand. What like, do you mean? So you're just automatically just not anxious. You don't think the world is out what? to get you. So oh. you don't wake up crying. You don't no. wake up crying. What is that? Like, I'm like <laughs> What's that like? I'm, I'm really like, I'm like, I, I actually thought about it like a burden. I was like peace and how long does this peace last <laughs> how long does this peace last before life tragically steps back in and ruins things for you how long before i'm drinking a hot cup of sadness after I this think, peace? I, think, I feel like how long before i'm gonna remember that the peace was temporary i guess that's the thing yeah. i'm looking at it as temporary but you're talking about permanent i yes. also feel like there is a show it's called the long island medium and she gives i have not seen it Oh, I love I've seen it. clips, but I have not seen it. I used to watch it all the time. Like, you don't understand. Low key, I want to go see her. Low key. There's um, a celebrity one, though, like a celebrity um, guy that like talks to like spirits. Yeah, like, he no. was. I, is that him? No, no. no that's We're a chick, right? Yes. That's Teresa Caputo. We're not doing uh, the MTV little little boy. Like I believe, wow. him. I believe him. I believe him. I think he has. It just gift. got shady on this podcast. I think he got the gift, but if we're gonna spend any money, money, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm. I'm wow. going to. Plus, like I want my message told to me in her Italian Long Island accent. 
You know what I mean? I want her to be like, because yeah. <laughs> this is how she talks. She'll be like, did your grandmother wear pearls? She wore pearls. I got pearls, pearls, pearls. That's that's the message. Spirit is telling me the message. That's how she talks, and I love it. I love it because I'm like, you want to know what it is? It's my lack of peace. Her tone is it's, anxious. It's, it's actually <laughs> your lack it. of peace. I'm like, I guess you could. I can't personified. Like her tone is your lack of peace personified. But, but she's so like honest. Plus, I haven't watched it in a while. But I love that back in the day, like when I did watch it a few years ago, she was still record, like she would record the sessions with you, but she would record the sessions and then give the <laughs> participants a cassette. I loved it. She was giving people cassettes in the 2000s, like literally. Hey. It's great. It's great. Hey. She really is like somebody's Thea. She is yeah. like. She had the fluffy poof and, and all she'd be like it. in your 40s and your tia still gives you a birthday card with $5 in it. And you'd be like, oh, tia. I'm all here for Teresa Caputo. Like that's, I believe her. I, I have her. always been jealous of people who can communicate with spirits. 100%. I've always been jealous of them because I've always wondered if I could handle it. Because I don't know what that's like. Yeah. And I've always been like, oh, I wish, I, wish, I have so many questions. I wish I could ask people that have passed like I wish I could communicate and that's if you believe in that stuff I know people don't people believe what they believe I personally believe in that stuff so like for me I've always wanted to to know because I messed around with a Ouija board once that'll be another fun story for some other time um but I've always wondered what it's like what is it like well I think that and this is against watching the Long Island Medium and like I'm talking to a lot of the senoras that I do know who are connected to spirit, um, and that's what they call it. Um, I actually don't wonder, and I actually wouldn't want it because you literally have to be a censored person. You have to be a peaceful person because mm. so you got to think about all the stresses and triggers in your life. Like I, 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 I if anything, feel like that. I, I know they don't see it like a burden, but I feel it would be a burden mm. because how would you're, you're, you're receiving messages and vibes and energies and feelings from beings other than yourself. And then you're experiencing the actual living world that feels like overstimulation, you know? And so I, I don't, I would never really want to also because I think that a lot of kids who have it are either really, um, intuitive so they don't get scared but then I could see other people getting it like around preteen years or like it wait it awakening and then that being terrifying oh yeah it would be terrifying now like it's definitely something that if I if I could do that I would have wanted to do it for years like would have been getting used to it since I was young because as much as I'm envious of people now who can I think I there is a part of me that would be very freaked out if I was just I mean just from some of the stories I've heard from my friends who can do it and I'm just like that sounds absolutely terrifying like I would be so scared to either just be hearing some voice that is so strong that it or seeing something or whatever like right well, now that would yeah. have a different way of receiving these, yeah right? that's so, what I'm saying either way it would freak me out if I just if I experienced either yeah no and then you like you think of like uh I think of what it would do to your own nervous system. Like mm -hmm. if you learn how to control it, you just got to live a very 
like different lifestyle than the way that our society is set up. And I don't think, uh, you know, I, I just think it would be a lot, not bad, just like a lot. I will tell you a little fun anecdote. So when I was a kid, my mother is big on, you know this, my mother is big on like senoras and going mm -hmm. to things like that. But when my mom, when I was little, apparently my mom told me that when she went to a senora, you know, she'll, they'll mention like your kids. If they know this stuff, they know. Yeah. Um, and she told her that I was extremely sensitive to things and that um, her best advice was to be very careful about opening my eye. And that's interesting, right? My mom um, always kept me away. That's why like everything she ever did bring me into was stuff like towards cleansing, towards like, you know, but the reason is, I'm not saying I have the gift, no. But I am saying that I attract things because that was the bigger ordeal. That a lot of like times my mom would notice that anytime something would happen, it usually centered me out of my three sisters, right? And it could have been a youth thing, but it also, as the lady was telling her, she's receptive to all energies. Yeah. And so they will cling on to her. Now, I'm not saying that's the gift. That could just be a, you're sensitive to something. That's also, that to me is very interesting. And that's why I'm not really like, oh, I would want that because um, I feel that's an energy thing. And I will say that, you know, I think I've told this story here before, but I'm going to say it again. You know, after my um, last breakup, mm -hmm. I did go see a senora and the senora, you know, when we talked, one thing she told me was that she felt, um, like in doing my reading and all of that, she was like, you are carrying three spirits with you. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, um, so you've been carrying them for a few years. Mm -mm. Um, these spirits were intentionally put there by somebody. And she was like, it was put there to put, to put a barrier between you and the person you were with. She was like, I'm not saying that that, is the reason y'all broke up or isn't the reason because it was probably already there for years so it was mm -hmm. it was something now the reason why i really did believe her was because when i went to her like she has like a second part of her um home where she does her readings downstairs um the waiting room is like there's soup there's santos everywhere there's all of that right and i when i was in there immediately from the minute i got it me and my mom are there I start getting mad hot and I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be here. Like, I just don't want to be here. Like, mm. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. I'm feeling claustrophobic, all this stuff. I'm just thinking that because it's in the basement, there's like one little window. I'm thinking it's that. Yeah. You know, after um, talking to her, after doing the limpieza that she told me about, one of the biggest things was she said, the reason why you don't want to be in that room was because what's on you was clinging on to my protected spirits in this room. And, and, and it was clashing. It want, it did not want to be there. So therefore, you did not want to be there. Again, some people believe this. Some people don't. Yeah. Here's why I did. Because when I did my limpieza, I came back months later. And when I went back, same living, same living space, 
And I didn't feel that. I, st- I sat in that room because she'd be having mad clients. I sat in that room for like 45 minutes, chilling, good. I do believe that some people hear spirits, some people all that, but I think other people hold spirits and energy can be a vessel that something clings onto you. Good and bad, right? The thing is, and she said, um, in all honesty, the, the harm that it can do to you, it's not gonna like kill you but it can make you very depressive because you have to understand if it's a heavy spirit, if it's, if it's an unprocessed spirit, you're holding its weight. Yeah. Standing next to, you know what I mean? It's on you. And she was like, and you're holding three. So um, that's my little anecdote about like this, where it doesn't scare me, but I'm like, that's the reason why I wouldn't want to, because I have felt even from when I was little in situations with my mother where I've gotten sick because of things that were then later told by senoras, um, mm. mal de ojo. Like somebody put, a mal, somebody put a mal de ojo on, it don't even have to be her. It could be any of y'all in the house and yeah. she was the most vulnerable and it hit her. Run after her, yeah. Yes. So I've gone through those things and I'm like, again, some people might not believe me, think I'm crazy. That's my experience. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I've, I'd rather l- believe in the other realm and all that but not really be a super participant because i i also wonder what it does to your psyche yeah i think it could really mess up somebody's psyche depending on where you're at psychologically it's a lot to carry it's a lot to like oh my god the 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 things i've heard from my friends that do this my sister too my sister too she's she's got that gift mm-hmm. and so there was one time where she called me out of the blue and a friend of mine had just passed away, comic friend of mine. And she literally called me up and she literally recited to me the first night that I ever met this guy. And she was like, he wants you to know that he's at peace and that he doesn't want you to miss him because he remembers the night you guys first met. And then she went into a full account of the night that I met him. Wow. And I was like, all right, I'm going to hang up the phone now and go cry my eyes out. That's a, that's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I mean, but also you have a senora in your family that's saving money. Right. Right. She's trying to learn more about it and how to do it. But because I would really go if I knew somebody was 100 percent legit, like somebody that you recommended, I would go to. But like I remember years ago being stopped by this psychic lady in Jersey Mm -hmm. and just on the street. And I went for like one consultation and she was like, well, this is going to cost you three hundred dollars and you got to come back and pay another three hundred dollars. And I was like, "Mm, I'm out. Bye. And that was the last time I ever spoke to anybody like that. But like somebody, if I knew they were legit, like somebody that you went to, because I know it, you've experienced that with that person, you know, well, I would go. People like people got to make money. I get that. Right. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about like, I don't mind people trying to get that back. I get it. You have a gift. You're trying to make money as well. That's cool. But some people don't have the gift and that's where you, you never know the, the fakes from the real. I, exactly. I, one thing that's a really big thing for me is that, um, again, I call them senoras, but it doesn't have to be senoras because it can also be gentlemen. Um, but um, usually it's referral. It's by mouth. I'm sorry, and this is no shade to anybody who's like doing their stuff on social media, 
but maybe I'm just old school on this. I trust you if I've been referred to by somebody yeah. I trust. I, I, if my mother will not go to you, I'm not going to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you, um, if we talk and the first thing coming out of your mouth is money, I'm not going to you yeah. like at all. Because again, I understand you got to make your money, but, and I'm not talking about like, after we've done our session or I walk into the room, oh, it's going to be like, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I've noticed that the people who are really in it for what it is, you know what the first thing they actually do? They set their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Before their money, they set their boundaries. They set what they do not allow, what does not work for them. What, and because we're really in their space, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a, the word I'm looking for that is a tricky line knowing who to go to knowing what to do also people who there's a difference between suggestions and impositions Mm -hmm. like like I said the lady told me that and she goes um I have a baño for you uh but you uh uh you can go buy the stuff yourself and make it or you can buy it from me pre-made. She was giving me the ingredients to go buy it for myself. So what if I found it cheaper at a botanica? Yeah. You understand? Rather than, but she still was charging me for the service. Yeah. And so now the pre-made thing is because some people don't want to have to go to a botanica, buy all these things. You feel me? Yeah. I respect that because she's still making her money and I ended up buying it from her because I was like, I'm gonna, I was gonna go to the Botanica anyways, but I might as well keep investing in like her hustle because that's what she's doing. She's also hustling. I would also be too afraid to do it on my own. At least my first time I'd be like, eh, I'd rather whatever you concocted, I'll, I would be too afraid to mess it up. Well, that's the other reason. Um, you know, you also have to like, if you're really um, invested in learning about that and all that stuff, you have to uh, find a trusted botanica. Yeah. Somewhere where, again, they also aren't just selling you to sell you. They're like giving you um, solid advice. All of it really becomes down. I feel like it's a community of trust and understanding that there has to be a lot of respect on the table. Yeah. Mutual. Because if you're any type of a skeptic, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But I really am this type of person who goes, then why are you here? Mm-hmm. if somebody goes to one of those like señoras and they're like I don't know I don't know if I believe then why are you paying yeah then why like, are you here nobody you, nobody asked you you know like you don't go to the doctor and go I don't know if I believe in science no <laughs> you came for I don't know if I believe in strep throat I'm gonna but, but I'm gonna go see if maybe I have it no you believe enough to be there so yeah. do it um and you know, that's just how I look at it. Again, I'm not saying that people need to. Just no. If it's your thing, give it a try to but send then, us any cool stories. Yeah, how you? If that's but, your thing, send us any cool stories. But speaking of spiritual type things and spiritual type books, this is actually a book I'm reading now. I'm currently reading "Becoming Supernatural" by Joe by Dr. Joe Dispenza, and this is the book. Da 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 da. And it's essentially about the power of meditation and how. You know, the first story he tells is about this one woman and how she changes her entire life 
um, with meditation, like heals her body, heals her, uh, not only her physical ailments, but her mental ailments as well. And it's a really, it's a really dense read. Like it's really like so filled with knowledge and so filled with things that I have to like, it takes me a minute to digest. Like I'll read a little bit of it and then I'll have to stop and be like, I need to digest what I just read. All the things that I'm also a very slow reader. Like I'm a super slow reader because I stop and I try to digest what I've read as much as I can. Um, With this book in particular, what I find so fascinating is the studies that this, that this man has done in a group setting on how meditating and intense meditation can change energy levels in a room. Is this the dude who, um, hold on, I'm trying to remember. Is he a guy who was like injured with his spine and yep. then, okay, I know who he's talking about. I saw a documentary called Heal. Mm-hmm. I have not seen it, but I know what you're talking about. It's actually really good. No, no, no. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Yes. yes he's like very serious, not only in the, it's not only meditation, it's also in um, Eastern medicine. Just yes. in general, the power of like the mind and healing and all that. It's incredible. And it's, and it's stuff that I'm fascinated by. You know, mm-hmm. when you see, you know, there was there was the tragic story of the monk that set himself on fire, but didn't even react to the pain of being on fire because he had separated, you know, the pain, you know, pain comes in two forms. You know, they talk about it, the physical pain and then the emotional pain. Like when you hurt yourself, you stub your toe, you have the physical pain of stubbing your toe, but the anger is the emotional pain where you're like, carajo. <laughs> when you stub your toe. And so when I start reading about that stuff, it just puts me in such a deep, like kind of pensive state of like, man, I wonder what I could accomplish if I could slow my mind down and just be still and meditate and take the time instead of, and this is one of the things he says in his meditations, because he does guided meditations of instead of living in the past, which we all tend to live in our past and wake up every day with feelings from our past and deal with the emotions from our past on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute basis, if you're super sensitive, mm-hmm. you know, we all tend to do that instead of concentrating on the version of our life we see in the future and what we want in the future. And I think it comes down to whatever you want to manifest or create for yourself in the future you have to have those feelings and those emotions in the now. Like you have to look at it like what would the Gina 2.0 that I see in my meditations, the life that I want for myself, what, how would she react in this situation? Not old Gina with her past trauma and past things, but how would this new version of me tackle this situation? I'm going to add on top of that. Yeah. as you said the issue is that as people we're either living in the past or the future we're Mm -hmm. if you're if you're depressed you're living in the past if you're anxious you're living in the future it's as simple as that Mm -hmm. anxiety is like what what's gonna happen the depression is what happened oh why did it happen i wish i could i could change it well the anxiety that comes from thinking of the future is exactly in that like what's gonna happen but when i say be future minded no 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 no. I, yeah. I hear you. I, I was just getting to the fact that in the now, um, and I know this just um, from that doc, mm-hmm. it's the power of is. So 
it's not really about what would future Gina do. It's I am presently yes. future Gina. Yes. Right. So but that's I what I'm am, saying. I, it, but that even that the word, because the thing is, I noticed that in the doc wording matters. It matters. Yeah, wording does wording matter. Works. And, and what, what I meant was that you have to be that part. Like you have to think like that person now. Like you, I can't go to the gym and be the Gina who still views herself as someone who can't lose weight, as someone who doesn't work out enough, as someone who was told for years and years and years that she can't do this, can't do that. I have to be whatever physically, wherever my goal is, mm -hmm. I have to already be there here. I have to be like the Gina that is in that future would not tap out of this freaking plank 20 right. seconds in. She's she would hold this plank for a minute and a half. She can. Yes, she There's can. So you have to be like, I can do this for this long. Right. Even if my body's shaking, even if I'm doing like you because just and that mentality, ooh, that changes no, that, the game. That well, here's the thing, and this is where I because I I've, I agree with you 100 percent I just will be realistic that the hardest part is consistency. Yes, 100 percent The hardest part is it learning about it um hold for sound sorry uh i know that can you hear that it's so annoying to me but this is the thing i always think to myself is it worse to live next to a hospital or a train station yeah you know what i mean because i live next to a near a hospital so there's yeah. fire. um so consistency is the hardest part right like you know all of this I know all of this, but that does not change the fact that tomorrow you may wake up with back pain. Tomorrow yep. something may happen. I think, I think what these like resources fail to do, and I would love to see this in a resource. Maybe we just, I just haven't located it. Mm -hmm. It's the day-to-day -day for the a, a person who who has a problem with the consistency part because the thing is i hate when people go we'll just be dedicated we'll just be consistent because the that's also expecting for all of us to have the same level of dedication consistency and discipline and although that is something that we all should be building towards i think that there's things in our life and our person as to why we all have hard times with it in different ways so i'm not yet to see a resource that has really gone how do you do this today? What is the issue today? Right? Like mm -hmm. I was looking into this weight loss system called um, Noom mm -hmm. and they talk about the psychology of losing weight. And I find that interesting, right? I was just like reading up on it. Cause like, you know, you see it on Instagram all the time and they just talk about the psychology of it. But one of the things that I found interesting in like looking it up was the factor that they're not really trying to tackle. Are you going to go to the gym more? Are you going to eat better? They're really trying to get into what is standing in your way. Is it that today you're depressed? Is that today something happened? And how can you exercise something positive and healthy for today? Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Where I see what you're saying. I just think, I mean, I, and I get what you're saying. And it would be great if there was that resource. I think the reason why that resource does not exist mm -hmm. is because everybody works differently. So there's no way to generalize something like that and be like, do this every day, unless you literally went down, you know, 
every step of the emotional ladder of like, here's how to do it when you're angry. Here's how to do it when you're this. And for that, you can look up things like meditations, you know, things like um, or certain music that can change your mood, certain frequencies, if yeah. you're looking for stuff like that. But there is a part of it that unfortunately, like, and, and this is, there are only so many stepping blocks before it does become a, a you-centric responsibility where it's which like- is, Which is why I'm saying that the Noom thing, what I find interesting about it is that it takes that into account. So it does create yeah. a personal profile. So it is possible. It just doesn't, I it feel- It is possible like when it comes to this particular subject, they've made it possible. I think right. on a grander scale, it's when you talk about life things and, and, and stuff like that, I think, and on a spiritual level, especially, yeah. I think it's harder to create a daily thing for- for each person that you could just do, because there are people who, yeah, maybe I'm depressed today, but do I also normally suffer from depression or is this just a depressed day? But what I mean more is a resource. Yeah. So for instance, like Noom is an app, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just using from what I know. I haven't yeah. used Noom is an app where they ask you psychological questions because what you're really talking about is psychology. Mm -hmm. Frank, right? where they ask you those questions so that you can really go into your psyche. Now, mind you, if you're already looking for the resource, that's the first step. So you're more likely to yeah. continue. Okay. But I think that what you're talking about, people who are reading these things, people who watch these documentaries, do it from one or two reasons. I mean, three reasons. Curiosity. Mm. Um, wanting to change something. But they like kind of like a like dieting. They do it here and there every once in a while. Yeah. Um, well, I guess four. The third is desperation, so times of need. And the fourth is people who are actually serious. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that there's more people than the like more categories than the one that's actually serious. So I think sometimes when I read these things and I see these things. They're so helpful. They're so insightful. They make so much sense. Like the, the, the four acknowledgement, um, the four agreements. Oh, four agreements, like yeah. But at the end of the day, that one I like because it's very matter of fact. It's like, yeah. take it up. I like that. But at the end of the day, the thing that it, 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 it doesn't always take into account, I noticed, and I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate here. The thing that it doesn't always take into account is that a lot of the people speaking on it have mastered it yeah and the hardest part isn't once you're in the game it's getting started to the game and it's not even understanding it because that's the thing again somebody like it's like math i could understand how to do long division and never want to still do a long division or and still fail every test right because maybe i'm not good at taking tests so i'm just saying i i i i'm I I'm with you on like the, the, the amazingness of like discovering these things. And I do think that it needs to be resources that honestly need to be taught to children more than anything, because it needs to be generational. Children need to be growing up with those kind of resources. It needs to be almost their daily lives. You know, like, uh, uh, maybe like, you know, how there's nap time in kindergarten. Maybe there also needs to be meditation after nap time. Yeah. Just, stuff like that. If they never knew a life without meditating, they wouldn't have an issue meditating. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't forget to meditate. It would be the same as taking a shower daily. Yeah, 100% you know? it would. So we're trying to reprogram people who haven't, like even ourselves.
Yeah. That's hard. And meditation in itself is hard. You know how hard it is to slow things down in your mind? Although I did read something that put me at ease when it came to meditation, how it's not about stopping your thoughts from coming, but just letting them pass by, learning to let your thoughts pass by and not getting emotionally invested in your thoughts when you're meditating is a very big thing because all these thoughts are going to come at you. All of them are naturally going to come at you, especially if you're trying to slow things down. So it's about, somebody described it as like ships that are coming, uh, that are just floating in the water and, you know, you feel this thought or the ship come by and it's about not getting on that ship. Don't jump on it and then take the, the thought far and, and wide and, and forget what you were there to do. Forget meditation, forget everything. Was Don't that jump on that Netflix series. Cause I feel like I heard the same thing. Yes. Yeah, girl, that- it's the meditation thing. Yes. Yeah. And it really made sense to me. Cause I was like, okay, it really helped me because I was like, okay, I don't have to try to block these out and get them to go away. They can still be in existence. I just need to just kind of focus inward, which is where the breathing thing really does help concentrating on your breathing. Like as corny as it sounds, because you hear it all the time with meditation, I'm saying concentrate on your breathing. I really worked on that. I've been working on that and figure out what works for you too, because I did guided meditations and I've been doing guided meditations for the longest time. And then yesterday I was listening to this Andrea Buccelli song or the song that he covered called Caruso. Caruso. And it was a beautiful song. It's beautiful. It is such a beautiful song. And I was meditating to that song and it was probably the deepest meditative state I've ever felt like I was in. Just from that song. Like I I had it on repeat for like a a hot minute, y'all. Just yeah. sitting there, allowing myself to go to places that I wanted to go to. Be. Yes. Just to be and to feel. And what I really got into that I really loved was being able to feel the emotions of what I want to manifest in the future, which I've, I've always struggled with, is being able to feel those emotions of intense gratitude, of intense appreciation, of intense happiness, because I'm looking at the future and going, that's what I want for my future. What would it feel like? What would that, what would that evoke out of me? And staying in that moment and feeling that out and being like, I think I stop my feelings because I have this fear of letting go of too much control And so I struggle with just exploring that feeling, that energy, because Mm -hmm. I want to stay, I want to maintain control. I hear that. I mean, I don't think that's like, for me, myself, that's not my issue, but I hear that. I think that's pretty common for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, it's more staying in the feeling, right? Yeah. I think that there, you know, well, maybe it's because I'm a cancer. I don't know. I can feel all the feelings in every feeling. And the problem is um, the hardest feeling for me that I've worked on the most in the last few years is gratitude. And so I've gotten better at that. But feeling the security of like, you know, I'm actually starting to really not like the word manifestation. It's getting played out. It's getting played out so much. It's not because of for it. me, it's because I hear it too much. And I'm like, it's getting so played out and the people around me use it so much that visualization, which is not as bad. Um, well, no, it's, it's just, it's more so the fact that 
it, it alludes to this idea of creating. Mm-hmm. So I feel it cancels what we're talking about. If we're saying that it already exists for you, then you don't have to manifest it because it already exists for you. Manifesting it to me sounds like it doesn't exist for me and I need to make, I need to believe it's going to exist for me, right? Rather than, no, it exists for me. I need to access it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like that's where I'm not liking the word manifestation anymore. Yeah. Because like, if this phone was always meant to be mine from the minute I was born, it was always meant to be mine. I don't need to manifest the phone. The phone already existed as it was meant to be mine. I need to access it. I need to get to what I need, like whatever it's mental, physical, whatever. Yeah. It already exists. It's like, it's like, um, it's like living in a maze, right? So if we're all in our own maze, the maze is like a cornfield or something, uh, already has your things on pedestals, right? You're not manifesting them. They're there. Yeah. You're not sure. Go left, go right, go this. That's why I'm saying it's the, to me, I'm starting to not like the word manifestation because to me, I go, oh, if I, if I keep thinking about it as I'm manifesting it, like poof, then I'm forgetting that, no, it, it literally, you know, when it poofed, the minute I poofed, when I was born. Yeah. Yeah. It already I can was- understand that, but I think I've always looked at manifestation as the first step. It's not the entire process. The first step is, cause I think if we are the designers of our own fate, if we are the people that can tell the universe what we want and that can be brought to us, then the first thing we have to know is what we want. And I think that's where manifestation comes into play is what do you want to manifest for your life? What do you, what is the plan for your life? If you could say, I want to be the biggest showrunner or the first Latina showrunner or whatever you wanted to do, that would be your manifestation is this is what I want for my life. Okay. Then the universe hears it and your belief in it. And then the building blocks are like set in. Now they're starting to be set in place because you are, you said, that's the thing I want. And I think what manifestation is, is that's the design. It's almost like the, um, the blueprint of what you want is the manifestation. This is what I want. And then the next step is being able to visualize it, to feel it, to go through those. I think it's a process. It's not just a, a thing. So I have a question. I have a question. Yes. Do you think that you're, you're not, and just out of curiosity, that we're not born already, like that was written for you? Well, the, I, the idea of manifestation. No, I'm is, asking, do you believe there's certain things that are written for you? Well, I mean, yes and no. Not If you believe that we are the di- designers of our own fate, then how can you believe that something was just written for you? You believe. Do, do you I believe? believe? Yes. Yeah. Do I believe that we're born? I mean... I've always believed I was born to be a comedian. Like okay. I was okay. Now the way you went about it was your choice. Mm-hmm. That's decisions, right? We yes. still have free will. I believe we have free will. Yeah, one hundred percent. We, I believe there are certain things that were meant to be ours. Like you were meant to have Jaden, right? You were meant to do that. And if it wasn't for you choosing the paths to get to comedy, you would have never gotten on that ship. You would have never met his father and you would have never had Jaden. You were meant to have Jaden. In my mind, this is how I look at things. 
but the choices you make are where our free will comes in. So once again, I don't think you manifested Jaden. I think what you manifested was all, I mean, not manifested. Again, I don't really like that word. What you sought out, what you went towards was all the things that eventually led you there, which is also opening the door to you can also, okay, the word I'm going to use to substitute is instead of manifestation, just use the, to me, just use the word attract. Because attracting doesn't mean I'm creating. Attracting mm -hmm. just means I'm calling it to me. So you can attract both good and bad things. But the way that manifestation is said is always used as in you're creating. And it's always used as in this positive thing. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just mm -hmm. saying I'd rather the idea that because I believe that we are born with certain things that were just meant to be ours. But if we, you know, nature versus nurture, if we don't heal, if we don't work on, if we don't, you know, open whatever we're supposed to open in order to attract you know, the little coins, the, the thing in a video game, then we're never going to attract it. Not because it wasn't meant for us, but because we never were, we weren't focusing on what was going to get us that thing. I think there's, I think there is free will, but I think some things are just meant to be ours. So that the idea of manifestation is the idea of abundance in this world. If you ask the world, it will give it to you. I believe that. Mm -hmm. But I believe that you're still creating towards something that was already meant for you. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two sides to the coin. I think there's a version where it's all the good and all the, you know, the, the highest self. And I think there's a version that's the lowest self. Do you see what I'm saying? So I feel like I'm over the word manifestation because I'm like, if we just keep using, it goes into this idea of like false positivity. If we go into this, if we, if we keep giving people this, but make it happen, manifest. Use the word attract. That's a word we learn very young. Mm -hmm. What are you attracting? It's like when you say a, you got a, a toxic boyfriend. Why are you attracting that? You don't say, oh, you had a toxic boyfriend because you manifested. A but you did. Technically, in the definition, you did. You, that's when you use the word attract. So why can't we use the word attract for both? I'm attracting this showrunner, blah, blah, blah. Well, you I mean, technically I mean? you can use whatever word you want. You know that's what I mean? Like For me, for me, I just... That's just semantics. Yes, but, I, and again, I think that because for the non-believers, mm -hmm. the, the over-saturation of the word manifestation at this point, I could see people not wanting to buy into what we're talking about because it's like oh really the key the tap the hashtag manifestation where i hear where you're coming from but yeah. maybe another way to just verbalize it is attracting it do you believe you attract people do you believe you go out into the street and you yeah. can attract someone well do you i think you can attract opportunities as well mm -hmm. the way i believe that certain things were always meant to be ours i just don't think you're guaranteed to get them without putting in some work. Are they meant to be, or is it creepiness? Let's move on to our <laughs> TikTok of the day. Did you see that? That was almost flawless. That was almost flawless. Oh, that was a great transition, I like that. <laughs> are you drinking, a, I thought you were drinking a giant orange soda. I was like, what are you? No, I'm drinking um, carbonated water. I bought a water, a carbonated water machine. Oh, I love those. I have one, I have a soda stream. 
Oh, yes. It, at yeah. Link Mate. Oh. Like version. Um, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. It saves so much money. Oh, yes. Yeah, I love it. And you can flavor it. And you can make your own sodas. Um, so uh, our TikTok of the day, I'll let you get into it. Go ahead. Take it away, Catherine. Okay. So our TikTok of the day comes from um, Raiders of the Lost podcast. Um, so this is actually a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not been a listener of the podcast, so I can't really tell you anything about it. But I saw this clip and I found it interesting. So uh, it says, Noah from The Notebook is kind of borderline psychotic and obsessed with Allie in an unhealthy way. Imagine if you broke up with a guy and a few years later, he surprises you out of nowhere with a house that he built for you. Imagine a guy texts you once a day for 365 days and you don't respond. I know that the letters in the film, again, we're talking the movie, The Notebook, um, were getting hidden by her mother, but still, he's texting you every day for 365 days. This guy also threatens to kill himself if Allie doesn't go on a date with him when he's hanging from a Ferris wheel while she's also on a date with another man. They're also constantly fighting in the movie. He lays down in the middle of the street. He's borderline manipulative or actually manipulative. And he manipulates Ali throughout the entire film because he acts like a child constantly in this movie, constantly throwing tantrums because he wants to get his, what he wants. Um, if Ryan Gosling wasn't so attractive, you would not have liked this character at all because he's more interested in Ali being with him than he is in Ali's life. What are your thoughts? Oh, these are facts. Can I first tell you, I cannot make it through this movie because I'm so overly annoyed by this fact. I really, I've tried to watch The Notebook before and I'm just like, this dude's out of his mind. This dude is out of his mind and we're romanticizing this kind of obsession. You know, when you break it down like that, it's like, yeah, like what if somebody did just surprise you with a house? I'm not seeing you for years, like surprise you with a house they built for you. Or like a song with your whole government in it, Catherine. Uh, like, that's creepy. And he is emotionally manipulative. Like, it's not borderline manipulative. He's 100% manipulative. And I think because, I think, honestly, I do agree with this point. Like, because it's wrapped in a Ryan Gosling package, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's when the guy's cute, you don't mind it. But when the guy is not cute and you're not attracted to him, that's when you mind it. That's when you mind the behavior. Mm, I don't agree at well, all. With I his don't. take on the character, I oh. 100% agree. I do think, I'll say this, they're both toxic. So that's where I don't well, agree. Well, yeah, they're, yeah, she's, she's that's just important toxic. to say because you're blaming it all on one character. The real thing is that this movie is about a toxic relationship. Like it is. You understand? The real victim here is Lon, the guy she left. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to hear this. Let's blame him. Noah was no more crazy than Ali. Noah wasn't only fighting with Ali. Ali was also fighting with him. Yeah, but I don't think it's just them blaming. It's not them blaming Noah. I think they're pointing out something that not a lot of people point out because they romanticize this kind of toxicity. Right, but well, here's the thing. Like, I don't think... I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying, like, again, if you've seen the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, then you won't understand. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, I mean, like, come on, it came out in, like, 2006, like, really. Yeah. I mean, if you, didn't, if you didn't see the movie, you're listening to this, then you're probably not going to ever see the movie. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you way. haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this podcast, how do you know how to listen to a podcast? I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, But I will say this. Um, 
yes, he wrote her a letter 365 um, days because her parents took her away mm-hmm. and they were in love. Yes, they had a little break. They had a, a breakup that night, but he didn't think he was never going to see her again. So he was trying to hit her up. It's not the same as the text message because the text message is instant. It comes into your phone. You could see that some, you know, somebody was ignoring you. The letter is more so about the hope. It's a different time entirely. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. so I'm just kind of like, you're reaching there. Number two, um, the constantly throwing tantrums again, he didn't throw any more tantrums than she did. So, and they're both very attractive. So that's, it's, it's, you know what I mean? At the point makes sense, but let's put it on both of them. The building a house, he built the house that she wanted, but he didn't go looking for her. She went looking for him. Mm-hmm. So what did he do crazy there? Build a house that she wanted. Like they because weren't together. He didn't, he didn't do it so that yes. In his mind, he was doing it still with that thought of like, I'm, I love this woman and I- Which I, is kind of crazy when you haven't heard from somebody. It's obsessive. it's obsessive. I'm not gonna take that away. But again, his point is that he built her a house. Um, what, what did it say? Um, he built her, oh, he surprises you out of nowhere with a house that he built you. He didn't do that. He didn't surprise her. She saw his picture in the paper when she was about to get her wedding dress done. And then the, the puti puerca went over there. So why are we, this is not about Ryan Gosling. Why are we blaming him? In that, she, ella lo buscó. She, what, she, yeah, she went to find him. But I think the crazy part is the fact that he built this house in the first place. Like that is obsessive. If right. it would have just been, oh, she happened to see his picture on some unrelated thing to the house and that was just a house he built and it wasn't her dream house that she wanted. Fine, cool. I'm all with like, oh, she she was toxic for showing up anyway. They're both toxic people. I 100% agree with you on that. However, what I don't like and what I never liked about the movie is that this kind of behavior from a man is fucking romanticized. It is romanticized. From But when they have a male-female relationship and the guy does something like this, like if this was real life, if this was real life and somebody hadn't heard from you, you wrote a letter every day for 365 days, they have not heard from you, you got no response and you kept writing letters, that is over the limit obsessive. That is over the limit. Like you write a couple letters and they don't get returned, fine. 365 and you're not getting an answer back, like... That's crazy. I agree, I agree on that. I do agree on that. Um, again, they were toxic and they were very young. So I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying, I mean, unless you're the most healthy person, we've all done something that you of look course. back and like, that was extra. Have you ever so, been that obsessed with somebody though? Like, have you ever got, what's the furthest thing you've ever gone for an obsession of yours for a person? Like what's the, what's a similar thing that you can say? Cyber stalking is, no different. That's no different. The thing is, you're just not being caught. But imagine that if every time you cyberstalk, they got a, a notification and you just didn't know. Oh, like, this chick is looking at you. Exactly. But again, and I'm not trying, I hear your point. I hear yeah. about like romanticizing certain things. But again, in the he's attacking this specific film. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, you're, first off, sir from Raiders of the Lost podcast. You sound like a hater. That's how I look at it. You sound like some girl in your past was 
all obsessed with Ryan Gosling, oh and that God, was ghosted. And you probably back in the day when you saw that film together, she was like, "Yo, he's a boppy," and you never let it go. You I like how Catherine weaves this story in her head about this person who's just wildly, insanely jealous of Ryan Gosling is ruling relationships. <laughs> just... Well, because my question is, why is he coming after Ryan Gosling? Like, if the Rachel McAdams character wasn't equally as toxic, my whole point isn't defending Ryan. It's saying if we're gonna call it out, call. But out. I wonder though, if he had gone after the Rachel McAdams character how much flack he would have gone for going after her and not going after Ryan. Toxic I think is toxic. toxic is toxic. Toxic is toxic. But with, if he, if the, if he had just talked about her, I wonder what kind of, I just wonder what would have been said versus this. I would have loved to, I got to read more of the comments on this to see how people, I always, I, I will stalk the comment section on something like this. Cause I want to see where everybody falls and what right. everybody's saying, like who has a problem with it, who doesn't blah, yeah. blah, blah. I would I, love to have seen like what the comments would have been if he had attacked the race. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. He does bring up a good point that he threatens to kill himself. That was wild. When you look back at it, you go, who would do that? Why would you do that? That is like extra on another level of like, do you need that much attention? And he says it. I he even literally says at some point, I gotta have you. Like I gotta, I gotta know you. Like I I get it. And they're making they're romanticizing at best infatuation, which infatuation can be very dangerous. And so I agree there. But when you watch the film, we're talking again, I'm going back to the house thing. He saw her with Lon in the restaurant. And if he really was obsessed, he would have walked up in there like, yo, bitch, why you ain't hit me up with the 365 letters that I sent you? But instead, he took his butt back to his home. He finished his home. And he was like, I'm going to manifest Ali. He manifested her. He manifested this booty. So the movie's about manifestation. <laughs> now we have it. So my question is... <laughs> What did he do that she didn't do? She was engaged to a whole fly man, a good man. And she was like, oh, let me go have my last little fun. Look at the ducks. I, really, that's what she did. But he's going to kill himself if I don't go. Espérate, 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 espérate. But I want to make, make a really valid point on this one that's really important. And this is why I think this man is a hater. Oh boy. Because she come up in hombre, that man, the Noah character, right? Okay. I didn't only fall in love with Noah Ryan Gosling. I fell in love with Noah Old Man too. So don't hit me well, with Noah Old Man is adorable. Doesn't like, matter. You both not? the same character, so they're equally as toxic according wow. to <laughs> I don't according know. Noah Old Man seems like he manifested no, he's the some same different character. things. I know, but it seems like, but you people grow, characters grow. Oh, but that's my point. My my point that I'm trying to make is that the old man was a ride or die. So you out here criticizing uh, this obsession, which I get it. There was a lot of really unhealthy things. But then when the woman went and had the Alzheimer's, I think it was. Yeah, she had Alzheimer's. Also, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Alzheimer's and not dementia, right? Whichever it was. Excuse me, sir, who's saying this comment. You telling me that if you sane in the brain and your girl has Alzheimer's or dementia, you're going to go live in an old folks home just to be beside her? Because guess what? At least he was consistent on his obsession. 
That's what Catherine likes, guys. No, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just looking at it. No, we're not putting that out there. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just saying there's, if we're gonna look at things, everybody does unhealthy things. I of feel course. this guy feels some type of way. When I saw he it, might. and he that's might. a problem within itself because what you're critiquing isn't what, he's not critiquing what you're critiquing, Gina. You're critiquing the romanticizing us specific um traits like i said the threatening to kill himself stuff like that i get it that's obsessive the um writing the letters that's extra it's not it's to me it's not uh ridiculous because of the time that that took place and Mm -hmm. letter writing is a very different thing and you know what i mean and that's just a very different culture i think that that one's kind of like i could see him in his 30s being like that was a bit much um and then what's the other thing i agree on that he um no that's what I'm I, mean, I think you're right I, I do agree that they were both toxic i i 100 agree with you that they were both toxic and maybe this guy does feel a certain type of way but i mean i think anybody who posts something like this they normally do feel a certain type of way nobody knows why but like i don't know the personal story behind this or or what mm-hmm. upset him you know what i mean where it's like you definitely came at his neck. So there's something like, because to me, posting something like this, as interesting as I found it, like when, when you had sent it over, um, why would you take out the time? Like, why would you take out the time to do this if there wasn't some sort of level of butthurtedness? Because I don't know what he's critiquing. Are you critiquing the film? Are you critiquing the romanticizing of toxic people? Or are you critiquing Ryan Gosling? Because you're kind of doing all three. And so I yeah. wonder what is the motivation? You're, it sounds to me like he wanted to critique Ryan Gosling. He's been for a minute wanting to critique the notebook. And he found a hot button topic in popular media that he packaged it in, which is romanticizing. Where, yeah. where if that is the case, if what you really wanted to tackle is the romanticizing of toxicity, you should have talked about it overall. Yeah. So I, that's why I don't agree. Although I see points and I see where you're saying she should have ended up, you know what? No, she ended up with the right person because Lon was too good for her. Lon was too good for oh. her. Oh, she makes a good point. She Who makes a picked? good point. Who would you have picked? Who do you think she should have picked? I think she, I don't know, man. Because I, I love the, uh, the part of the movie where he is in the old folks home with her because I love that part because I think that is beautiful. I really do. I think that's beautiful to try to help somebody remember what their life was like, even the tragic parts of it, even the messy, toxic, crazy parts of it. You know, To love somebody that much. Yes, to love somebody that much is beautiful. Yeah. But like hubby was a good dude like I'm like he was such a good dude and I don't feel like he got a fair shot because of all the stuff that was going on like all of the stuff that was going on inside her toxic head really well that's what I'm saying who do you think she should have picked damn hubby or Ryan hubby or Ryan because I think you are right I think he was too good for her he was too good for her. I what? think he was too good for her, honestly. And I think this is she one of those situations right where it's like toxic and toxic might be the winning combo because it's like, I don't think if she would have stayed with her husband, if the character, if we're going down this timeline, like she's the same character 
that she is in the movie, right? I don't think she would have ever been happy if she would have chosen her husband. Not to the same level. No. Right, but then- I think she would have made herself exist as if she was happy, but on a deeper level, she never would have been satisfied and never would have been happy. So I think he never had a shot of being chosen fully. Well, here's the thing. Like, I'll be real. I'm not condoning toxicity and obsessiveness and any mm-hmm. of that. But we are also nobody to, listen, everybody has a little bit of crazy. I and got a world of it, y'all. Everybody's attracting a version of whatever crazy works for them. And we've all been toxic at some point. Right, we've but all. even if you're not toxic, you're still attracting a version of crazy and you're still a little bit of crazy. I don't care who you are. Even this Dr. Joe, this, he still got a little bit of crazy. that's just human nature my thing is i think that to some degree we're looking at this story because it's a story and we're forgetting that there is no such thing as perfect there is youth there is those mistakes and at the end of the day um the way that the story plays itself out is that his loyalty ran deep for her so he came through with, with all those obsessive things that he put on the table, the things that he's critiquing, he came through. Because my question is, as much as I think that Lon was a great man, probably deserved better than her, mm-hmm. Lon deserved better than her, not because uh, I think that Lon was the better man. Lon probably deserves better than her because, as you said, when it comes down to who's going to be there for you in the end, and my question is, if Lon had dementia, would Ali be putting herself in the home to be with her man? Like when his, when Noah's kids came and was like, dad, you don't gotta be up in here. She don't know who any of us are. His kids literally said that. And he was like, that's my woman. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Write me 365 letters a day, but don't leave me alone in an old folks home. If that's called toxic, that's, I think we all want someone who's gonna be that real. Because even though you don't remember, you want to be with somebody who's going to be there for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And he was. He was there for the for worse part. That's for damn sure. So where, so what are, so even me, my question with this person, this gentleman, would you do it? You out here critiquing. Would you? Would you live in an old folks home where you don't have to, to be with a girl that was just as toxic as you? No, just to, to be with a, with, a, with a partner when you're still yeah. helping, when you're, you're, you could literally live your outside life. I'm not saying meet nobody else, but live your outside life. Mm-hmm. Would you spend your days just trying to have little moments with her? Would you do that? Would you take the pain of when she doesn't remember you? Because that's literally traumatizing within itself. I'm right. not saying he was right or wrong. I'm just saying that... Maybe I'm also feeling some type of way that a guy is critiquing a guy, but the first question is, are you even the type of guy who would be that loyal? Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. He wasn't wrong. He made valid points, but I think um, I think if, if, if Raiders of the Lost podcast, if y'all ever hear this and we have a joint podcast session, it will be an interesting combo because we would get very the, interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting to see because she's gonna she's gonna dig deep to find out what the what the reason is behind this post, y'all. I'm gonna ask you questions. That the thing is that yes, it's all for jokes and all for this, but when you wanna say stuff like I wanna tackle um, societal 
like norms that are dangerous, like romanticizing toxic behavior. Well, be ready. Be forward. ready for the debate. Look at, let's look at yours. Let's look at where you stand on it. Like, have we not all done something a little crazy? Oh, hell yeah. I've done something a lot crazy. Forget a little crazy. I done passed a little crazy a long time ago. Right. And, and, and let me ask you a question. The person you did the little crazy for, would you be staying in old folks home for them? Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> hell no. Not even, not, not a chance. Not a chance would I stay in a nope. You are on your own. Oh, you forgot me? Thank you. Thank you for forgetting me. Please take your forgetful ass somewhere else. Please do. So we're going to call this from here on out. Toxic Noah Loyal. Toxic Noah Loyal. Yo, I'm Toxic no, Noah Loyal with that person. Toxic Noah Loyal? Come on. Yeah. Come on. If you don't got that Toxic Noah Loyalty, no. No. then we can't no. do nothing. I'm, I'm not trying to hear it. Die on a twin size bed with me? Okay. No. Okay. Okay. No. Like, you're not going to read me my book? No. Not no. even going to read me my book? Like, no. mm. You're not going to shun your ki our kids for me? <laughs> That's literally what he did. Yeah. She don't even remember you, Pops. Um, well, that brings us to our dear Gina. And today's dear Gina actually comes from another TikTok that we both saw and enjoyed. It was at Kita Rose underscore. That's the woman who posted it. Uh, so here's the gist of it for all of you guys listening. Dear Gina, a close friend and I got into a huge fight because I said that if someone stays in a toxic relationship simply because they don't want to be alone, then they are weak-minded. My friend found that both offensive and insensitive, saying that some people just aren't as strong, to which I replied, yes, so they're weak. I just think that it's a lot easier to play the victim than to take responsibility and accountability for the things that you allow. Weak people can always gain strength, but only if they want to. Am I wrong? Oh man, this one kind of, this is, this is one of those like tough love things um, for me personally. And because I've been through it, I, I have to say that I agree with it. I have to say that I agree because I was in a toxic relationship and because the only reason I didn't want to leave was because I didn't want to be alone and I was afraid of being alone and I didn't think I was, I was worthy of anything because I was in such a low place. I was in fact weak. Now, whether you look at weakness as this like scarlet letter and mark on you, that's your business. Weakness is something that everybody can experience and you can gain strength. That, that's the truth about weakness. You can become stronger. You can become stronger and build that up. And it, no matter how long it takes, no matter how much time it takes, you can build that strength up. And I built, had built up enough strength at, you know, at some point to leave that toxic relationship. But there was a point where I was so beaten down by the toxicity and so weighed down by this toxicity that I felt immobile. I felt like I could not go anywhere because who would want me? Because that's what I was told in this toxic relationship. Who would want you? You're X amount of years old. You do this for a living. When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? And when you're told that, and it's like, like really just beaten over the head with it, you know, metaphorically speaking, you know, it's just one of those things that you, that starts to become so ingrained in who you are 
that trying to pull away from something like that. It's, try, it's like trying to pull yourself out of tar. It's the hardest thing to separate. And it just becomes this thing where you really start to believe all of that negativity. And it wasn't until work picked up for me and I started getting separated more and more from this person that it was like being further and further away from kryptonite, where it was like all of a sudden I started to value myself more because I was around people who valued me. All of a sudden I started to speak to myself nicer and better because I was around people who had that same kind of energy and promoted that, you know, versus somebody who works strictly with negative reinforcement and intimidation. And so the more I pulled away from it, the stronger I became as a person, the easier, even though it's never easy to go through a breakup, the easier it became to willingly walk away from something, knowing it was still going to hurt. And what was going to hurt was not, I think where, where we get lost in pain sometimes is that we, we feel pain, but we label it wrong. Um, Cause my pain wasn't, oh my God, this relationship that's so toxic was ending. That, that really wasn't my pain. My pain was I'm losing the familiar. I'm losing everything I knew for seven years. I'm using, I'm losing everything I, I did in the past seven years. And that was the real loss because we get so used to routine and we get so used to comfortability that when something shakes things up, you know, there's a painful detachment that occurs. And so I think that my pain was definitely more rooted in for that particular breakup. My pain was more rooted in losing the familiar than anything else. And even when I had left that relationship, as strong as I had become enough to leave that relationship, I still felt completely drained when I left. Drained emotionally, just drained energetically, just drained, drained spiritually, just drained and drained and drained. And there was a lot of rebuilding and fixing and healing that I still had to do after that. So I wasn't fully strong, even when I was strong enough to leave that relationship. So I do believe there that you do have to own up to uh, being having been a little weak in that situation but because weak has such a negative connotation instead of just looking at it as part of the human condition part of the human experience we look at weakness as so oh weak oh that's terrible that's horrible when we've all felt it and somehow survived you know so I mean, that's my take on it. <laughs> my cat, I'll throw it over to you now. Yeah, I mean, I think that like, um, I, I hear you and I agree with everything you've said, right? Um, but I'm going to start with uh, the, the, what I think caused the fight here, which mm -hmm. is um, the word weak. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter where you're from. I think we grow up in an, a society and a time not even the time in society, where weak is the one thing we don't want to be, right? Where, you know, because weak, people see it as um, exactly what it is, which is sometimes lacking power, right? And I think that's what we're constantly fighting for, our power, yeah. or having power in a situation or, in, you know, in a relationship, whatever your situation is. Weakness seems like I don't have power. So I don't have control. Mm -hmm. And so to hear this person say, 
Um, if someone stays in a toxic relationship simply because they don't want to be alone, then they are weak-minded, right? They weren't even talking about their person. They were talking about their mentality, all of that. I agree that they are weak-minded. I question how you said it to your friend. Because again, you said tough love, right? But, and don't get me wrong, I have a way of talking that sometimes people think that I'm like, being rude, but I'm just very straightforward. So I understand that sometimes, you know, you could be like, yeah, because you were being weak. And you see, that could come off wrong to somebody. And I get it. I get it. Um, and you got to own up to that too, where you're like, okay, maybe I'm just being like no filter. Um, but the point of that this person is making, weak people can always gain strength if they want to. I agree there. I think the only thing I, 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 I feel is missing from this situation and maybe it happened in the conversation um, is the conversation of like in your situation, it was about your relationship in itself, your toxic relationship in itself. But there is an established relationship that we have with um, loneliness and what that means to us before we get into the toxic relationship. Right? So some people aren't, because of your situation where they were being beat over the head. Some people have toxic situations where they don't have a partner that's like yours, but the situation is toxic for other reasons. The weak mindedness, though, you know, what she's alluding to, the lack of strength, let's call it, could be stemming from something from the past, could be stemming from something in their childhood, could be something that they just have not figured out. Because again, they're saying, um, they're staying in a toxic relationship simply because they don't want to be alone. Well, there's a lot of people who will leave the toxic relationship and then immediately get into another relationship simply because they don't want to be alone. And that in itself to the point of this is another version of weakness because you do not have the strength to work on what you need to work on to face yourself, to look in the mirror and all of that. But I do like to take into account that we all start from different points in life. And um, you gotta take that into account. I'm not saying that you need to um, excuse the, you know, the behavior. If yep. like somebody, if somebody plays the, the victim and they're aware of their situation, but they are actively choosing to do nothing to change it. Even if you're like my friend, you could be my friend, but there is gonna be a limit to where I'm like, mm -hmm. How much more can I hear you complain about this? Because I, I I don't even know if you want help. What I feel like you want is just somebody to vomit on. Mm -hmm. And me personally, I'm not that kind of friend long-term. That's what therapists are there for. But maybe you don't want a therapist because the therapist's objective is to help you gain strength. And maybe you also don't want to do the work to gain the strength. I think that's where the like where this fight probably stems from. Where one person is just like, yo, there's nothing wrong with being weak as long as you can accept that sometimes we're weak and then we can get stronger if we choose to. And the other person is probably looking at the variables I just talked about. But what if it's just not easier for some people because they weren't equipped with the tools? Well, that's fine. But are they searching for the tools? Are they surrounding themselves? or putting themselves in situations that can provide them with the tools, because if they're not even doing that, then yes, they're accepting the weakness. Yeah. The problem isn't that they're weak. 
The problem is that they're accepting and they're comfortable in the weakness. So was this, am I wrong? That was the question. To me, you weren't wrong. Um, the truth is we don't live in a society where people like to hear the truth for what it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people cut out the minute they hear something they don't like, so they won't even hear the explanation. Yep. That's what it sounds like might've happened. Again, don't know the tone though. Yeah. Can't say that you were wrong, but perhaps your method could have been better. Maybe. Oh, no new broads. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Say it again. I can't say that you were wrong, but maybe your methods could have been better. Like maybe choosing a different way to word it. You know, maybe saying that they weren't at their strongest instead of using a word that you know is very triggering for people. When you say the word weak, it automatically, you know, has that negative connotation that we attach to it. So can't say that you were wrong because I do believe that you were being as honest as possible for the sake of helping a friend. But also for the sake of helping a friend, you should probably know how to soften the blow, particularly when somebody is already at rock bottom or almost at rock bottom. And even if you're giving general advice, like um, I think one of the rule of thumbs for me is understanding that not everybody reacts the same way to certain information. So, um, and I'm not saying that you need to care and you need to cater to people, but just know that if, if your objective is to be right, then say it as you please. Mm-hmm. If your objective is to inform, then be mindful that the message is to the masses and the mm-hmm. masses vary. And so I think that's where uh, right and wrong might play a role here. It's not yeah. necessarily the message itself. Yeah. Definitely agree with you there. Uh, hope that helps. Uh, Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. Wow. <laughs> I was You're like, like, I know this one. I was like, uh, I live in the borough of... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I don't live in a borough. What are you talking about? <laughs> you want that no energy already? You want that? No, no, no. I live on Governor's Island, guys. Um, somebody gonna end up on Governor's Island looking for me, Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, I'm gonna read your diary to you forever. Catherine, Catherine, I built you a house, 365 <laughs> letters. Catherine, I sent you 365 text messages. <laughs> no letters, letters. <laughs> no, it has to be letters. Right, and cursive. I need it to be <laughs> cursive. Damn cursive. They don't even teach that no more. No, they don't. They do not. Um, okay, so you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Catherine G. Mendoza. Um, on Instagram, it's actually G. Mendoza. On Twitter, it is at Kathy Grace24. That's it. Uh, you guys know you can find me at, uh, at Gbrion on Instagram, at Gbrion80 on the Tikiti Talk. Um, and also, Check out The Floor is Lava on Amazon or uh, Pacifically Speaking, my first ever special, which was also on Amazon. Or walk your little fingers over to 
HBO and uh, see some stuff that I have up there until the next pink thing happens. And I'll keep you guys posted on what my pandemic uh, work life looks like. Uh, but you guys know I love to end the show with a piece of advice my mom gives me to this day. When life throws a lot at you, handle it one catastrophe at a time, everybody. One catastrophe at a time. Okay, people. Bye. Deuces. Deuces. Like David. Okay. Yeah, do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep, I call him my nightcap. Born killer. You a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.